Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents The Hunting Trip. Jerry, in his 40s, dressed in jeans, a long sleeved thermal shirt, and a faded brown car hat jacket, drives his 2009 Dodge Ram truck down a dark two lane road early in the morning. His greasy blonde hair slicked back away from his intense brown eyes that are focused on the road. Tom, in his 40s, sporting long hair that's tied back in a ponytail and a scraggly grain goatee, wears a worn-out blue sweater with several holes over a dark green flannel shirt, along with jeans a few sizes too small, sits in the passenger seat. DJ, in his 40s, covered from head to toe in various types of camouflage gear, sits crammed in the middle of Jerry and Tom, thumbing through a women's fitness magazine. DJ lowers the magazine and looks at Jerry. So, do we have some kind of game plan for this year or what? I mean, are we just going to hit the same place as last time or you got somewhere else in mind? I don't know why the fuck you would think we would go and change spots. We, we slaughtered them bitches last year. Now my freezer's still half full of summer sausage. Right on. That's what I was pretty much banking on and all. It was like we could literally throw a rock and bag one of those bastards. DJ, smirking, looks at Tom. Well, I guess if I'm being honest, not all of us had such a great time last year. Jerry laughs as Tom glares at DJ. I don't know why you bring that shit up again. I already fucking told you that my damn sights on my rifle got all fucking bent to shit that trip. So you can just go screw yourself. I sure now hope you got those sights fixed up for this trip. Because I would hate to hear that excuse all over again for another year. you damn right I did. And I plan on knocking all your dicks in the dirt. I'm going to be dropping those sons of bitches left and right. Tom points to the back of the truck. The back of this bitch is going to be filled with my kills. All of them. DJ rolls his eyes. Wow. I would really like to be living in the fantasy world that you found yourself in. DJ looks at Jerry. So, where are we supposed to be picking up Steve? Jerry points out the front window. Not too much farther up this road at that new gas station that just opened up a couple months back. Tom leans forward, looking out the window at a glowing neon sign. I see the little chode liquor right now. But who the fuck does he have with him? Jerry, irritated, glares out the window. That's a good fucking question. Jerry pulls into the parking lot of the gas station. Steve, in his 40s, Wearing glasses and dressed in conservative hunting gear, stands with his rifle slung over his shoulder and a backpack by his feet. Mark, in his mid-twenties, Steve's brother, stands next to him, wearing jeans and an olive green military jacket. He has a green duffel bag next to him. The truck slowly pulls up next to them as Tom swings the door open, looking out at Steve. Hey, what's up, you little bitch? <laughs> Steve gives Tom the finger then walks up and looks in at everybody in the truck. Morning. I hope you guys don't mind, but I thought my brother Mark could tag along with us. He just got back from Afghanistan a couple weeks ago and had nothing going on, so I thought, why not come with us and hang out? Mark steps up and looks in at the guys, giving a friendly nod. Hello. How you guys doing? I really appreciate you letting me tag along like this, especially on such short notice. Tom sticks his hand out. Hey, the more the merrier, man. My name's Tom. Mark shakes his hand. Very nice to meet you, Tom. DJ holds his hand up. 
DJ. Nice to meet you, DJ. Jerry carefully looks Mark over. Not to point out the obvious here, but you do realize that this is a hunting trip, right? I mean, without a rifle, what are you planning on doing? Actually, I was just planning on hanging out with my brother. But if I get the urge to kill something... Mark pulls out a large survival knife. This little bad boy will certainly do the trick. Steve hands his rifle to Mark. What are you doing, Mark? Put that thing away and load our shit in the back of the truck. Roger that. Mark, smiling, slowly puts the knife away, then grabs the rifle from Steve as well as his backpack and the duffel bag, then carries it all to the back of the truck. Tom reaches down for the handle of the seat and slides it forward, allowing Steve to climb in as Jerry looks back at him. I get it that he's your brother and all, but don't you think maybe you should have asked us before just inviting him along on our annual trip? The trip has always been just the four of us. He's gonna make everything all awkward. Steve settles into his seat, then gives Jerry an odd look. I honestly didn't think you guys would mind. Well, we... Mark walks back up to the door looking in. Got everything loaded. We all good here? Jerry turns his attention to Mark. It would appear that everything is fine as frog hair. <laughs> Haven't heard that before, but sounds fantastic. Mark climbs up and sticks his hand toward Jerry. I must apologize. The meet and greets got interrupted and I never got your name. Jerry, reluctantly, shakes Mark's hand. Jerry. Huh. It's a pleasure to finally meet you, Jerry. Steve has told me all about you. Jerry glances back at Steve. Is that so? sure your brother has nothing but great things to say about me. Nothing but rave reviews about your charming personality. I'm sure. Mark settles into the back seat next to Steve as Jerry looks over at Tom. Tom closes the door, and they drive off. Jerry carefully navigates the truck down a dirt road, jostling and jerking the men around when they hit the deep grooves left by logging trucks. So, a couple weeks back, I finally pulled the trigger and decided to just buy that stupid Chuck Norris machine he always talks on those infomercials on late night TV. Get the hell out of town. You actually bought one of those things? You literally picked up your phone and dialed asking for the Chuck Norris machine. DJ, proud, sticks his chest out. Damn straight I did. And let me tell you something, it was the best purchase I've made in years. I've been using that bitch every single night since it arrived. Tom, laughing, looks down at DJ's gut. <laughs> oh, really? Is that a fact? It sure is. Uh-huh. And what the hell have you been using it for? To eat your fucking dinner on? <laughs> the truck erupts into laughter as DJ glares at Tom. The truck suddenly hits a big rut, jostling everybody. Come on, Jerry. Could you please just try and avoid these damn things? This road is wreaking havoc on my hemorrhoids. DJ looks over at Tom with a sarcastic, sad face. That must really suck for you. Wish I could say I actually felt bad, but I don't, asshole. Jerry looks in the mirror at Mark in the back. So, Mark, how long did they have you over in the sandbox? I was over there just under three years. That is a nice stretch of time. I bet being over there that long, you had to punch the ticket of at least one of them some bitches, right? I don't want to come off sounding rude or anything, but I actually would prefer not to talk about any of that. It's just something I would really like to put behind me and forget. I see. 
Jerry shrugs his shoulders. Whatever. I, I tell you what. If I had the chance to put some of them bastards in the ground, I'd be telling anybody that would listen and then some. Steve leans over to Mark. Oh my god. We would never hear the end of it. Jerry glances back at Steve. What was that? Uh, I said, my god, this road feels like it'll never end. Jerry shakes his head as he makes eye contact with Mark in the mirror, before turning his attention back to the road. Jerry continues to drive down the logging road as DJ lowers the magazine and looks out the window. I don't know, Jerry. None of this is looking right, man. I think, I think we might have gotten on the wrong road or something. Jerry looks over at DJ with a look of irritation. What are you talking about, numbnuts? This is the same road as last time. I followed the same directions as last year. Jerry points down at the magazine. Besides, how the fuck would you know if we were on the wrong road or not? You've had your face in that damn magazine looking at tits and ass most of the time. Tom looks out at the passing landscape. Hey, uh, Jerry, as much as I hate agreeing with Bowling Ball here, I think he may be right about this one, man. Jerry looks over at DJ and Tom, then back out at the road. Well, I think you're both fucking high because this is the right road. I know where I'm going. Steve leans forward. And maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea if you just pulled over at the next clearing so we can get out and get our bearings and all. Jerry shakes his head in amazement. For fuck's sake, it's like I'm riding around with my ex-fucking wife and shit. I'm always second-guessing everything I do. Jerry glances around the truck at everybody who is staring back at him. All right, fine. I'll pull over if that makes everybody happy. Jerry grips the steering wheel tighter. Unbelievable. Jerry notices a clearing up ahead and pulls the truck over into the clearing. Then gets out, followed by the others. Tom, holding his ass, takes several careful steps. Ah, you know, I, I think my hemorrhoids actually got hemorrhoids. Oh. Jerry watches as Steve walks up the road. Where the fuck are you going, Magellan? I'm, uh, checking the trees. Steve studies the trees, then looks back at the others. Yeah, DJ and Tom are right. This isn't the right road. How do you figure that? Steve points at the trees. The moss is on our side, which means it's the north side. If we were in the right spot, then there would be no moss on this side of the trees. Jerry walks up the road several steps, then shrugs his shoulders. Okay, so maybe this isn't the right place, but I'm sure we'll do just fine on this side of the mountain. I mean, the woods are the woods, and those dumbass deer don't know the difference. Let's go ahead and call this Ground Zero. I gotta take a wicked piss. Why don't you guys go ahead and start unloading our gear and get us ready to roll out? Jerry walks into the woods as Steve, Mark, Tom, and DJ stand at the back of the truck talking. Jerry comes walking back out of the woods several minutes later and claps his hands, finding them all still just standing. What the fuck? Y'all just having a circle jerk or something? It's gonna be daylight soon. We need to get cracking. Steve reaches over dropping the tailgate and pulls out some bags and hands them to the others as Jerry walks up, pointing out a box. Do me a solid and grab that box and slide it up here for me. Steve looks at a rusty box. You gotta be kidding me. I don't know why you bother. You never catch anything with it. Jerry slaps Steve on the back. Well, this could be the year that all that changes. I doubt it, but if you want to waste your time, go for it. Steve grabs the box and slides it up to Jerry as Mark looks at it. Holy shit. 
That box has seen better days, hasn't it? What the hell you got in there? You'll see. Jerry grabs the box and carries it out about 50 yards into an area that is covered in low-lying vegetation and surrounded by trees. Mark follows Jerry and watches as he pulls out a wicked-looking bear trap, clanging the heavy-duty metal chain attached to it. What are you doing with that? You're not actually going to set that, are you? What the fuck does it look like, Slick? Jerry reaches into his cargo pocket and pulls out a pair of leather gloves that he puts on, then carefully grabs hold of the trap and spreads the razor-sharp teeth apart. Don't you think that is kind of cruel and all? I mean, you're already hunting animals with rifles, which isn't very fair in itself. Jerry glances up at Mark, then back down at the trap. Well, I can see this is going to be a fun hunting trip with a tree-hugging pussy around. Mark, angry, takes a step toward Jerry. What did you just say to me? Jerry, laughing, pulls out a set of keys and unlocks the padlock at the base of the trap. Relax, Rambo. I'm just fucking with you. Make yourself useful and hold on to these for a second. Jerry tosses the set of keys at Mark, who catches them, as Jerry grabs hold of the chain, wrapping it around a tree trunk and securing it with another padlock. So, you seriously have no problem knowing that any innocent animal that gets trapped in that archaic piece of shit is literally going to suffer to death? Jerry grabs a handful of loose branches and places them over the trap, camouflaging it. Let me tell you something, G.I. Joe. If an animal is stupid enough to step in this thing, then that dipshit animal deserves to suffer and die in the slowest, most painful death possible. Mark shakes his head in disgust as Steve comes walking up. What the hell is taking so long over here? We better get this show on the road already. Jerry stands up and brushes the dirt off his clothes. Everything is all set over here. Jerry gathers his gear and heads back towards the truck as Steve puts his arm around Mark. Why such the glum-looking face, brother? I mean, it looks like somebody took a shit in your Frosted Flakes. You all right? Mark looks down at the trap, then at Steve. That guy is a piece of work, man. I have no idea how you can deal with that asshole five days a week. Steve just shrugs his shoulders. It's actually easier than you think. You basically just learn to ignore all of his useless bullshit and let him think he's in charge. Jerry looks back at them. What's going on back there? You two gonna tongue fuck each other, or are we gonna go kill ourselves some innocent animals? Jerry winks at Mark, then walks towards the truck. Tom leans against a stump, carefully aiming his rifle at some trees in the distance as DJ, sitting next to him, looks through some binoculars in that direction. Steve, Mark, and Jerry are kneeling down behind them. Okay, you got this. It's right behind those two trees over on the left. Tom takes a deep breath, then steadies himself as he adjusts his aim. Do you see it? Tom cracks his neck. I've got this little bastard dead to rights. Tom slowly puts his finger on the trigger. As soon as it steps out from behind that tree, I'm blowing its head off. DJ leans forward. Okay, it's showtime. I think it's moving. Not for long. Now shut the fuck up. Tom watches as the deer steps out from behind the trees and takes several steps, causing Jerry to toss his hands up in frustration. For fuck's sake, what are you waiting for? The fucking thing is gonna bolt. Take the shot already. Well, you have it. Fucking relax, all right? I got this. You're waiting too fucking long. Tom suddenly fires, and they all watch as the deer sprints off in the opposite direction. Way to go, jerksickle. 
You missed it. You couldn't have had a better shot at it. Tom shakes his head in disagreement. Bullshit. I hit that little bitch square in the side. Really? Jerry grabs binoculars from DJ's hands and scans the woods. Well, if you did hit it, then why the hell don't I see it laying anywhere on the ground? Jerry tosses the binoculars back to DJ. Guessing you never got those sights fixed? Tom, angry, stands up. You know, fuck off. I'll show you I hit it. Tom hurries over toward where the deer was and stares down at the ground in shock, then looks back at the others. Jesus Christ. You guys need to get your asses over here right now. Did you find your mythical deer? Tom motions with his hands. I'm serious. Get the fuck over here right now. What's the problem? Will you all just get your fucking asses over here already? They all slowly walk over to find Tom standing next to a dead body of a man wearing a high-end suit with black snakeskin boots and a gaping hole in his chest. Holy shit, that is not a deer. No shit, Sherlock. What the hell happened to him? Mark leans down and carefully looks the body over. I'm going to say that someone used a shotgun up close on him. Now how in the hell do you figure that? Mark looks up at Jerry. Because I've seen my fair share of bodies with shotgun wounds. Have you? Jerry sticks the barrel of his rifle into the man's chest, which causes DJ to start gagging. Then hurry away just as he starts vomiting. Well, one thing is for certain, this dude wasn't out here hunting in those fancy clothes. Steve looks around. But there isn't shit out here. DJ stands up, cleaning his face of vomit when he notices something through a collection of trees. Hey guys, I, uh, I've got a pretty good idea where he came from. DJ walks over and pushes through some thick bushes, finding a cabin in a large clearing, as Tom comes walking up behind him. What the hell is this? The rest of them all walk up to DJ and look at the medium-sized cabin along with a helicopter. A rusty old jeep sits on the side of the cabin. Oh my god. Is that a body hanging out of the helicopter? DJ looks back at everybody. Oh man, this is some fucked up shit. Something bad happened out here. What the hell are we going to do? Jerry takes a step in front of DJ, getting a better view of the cabin. Well, one thing we aren't going to do is get all worked up and shit. First things first, we should go and take a tour and see what's what. Jerry takes a step, but Mark grabs his arm, stopping him. I think we should really just stop and collect ourselves. And think about all this before we go and do something stupid. Mark points at the cabin. That's a crime scene. And the last thing we need to be doing is marching all around and it tainting any evidence. What we need to do is call the police. Jerry, irritated, looks down at Mark's hand on his arm. Last time I checked, I'm a big boy, and so I'm pretty damn sure I'm capable of making my own decisions about my own actions. Now why don't you be a good little toy soldier, take your fucking hand off my arm before I take it off for you, and shove it up your ass. Mark slowly lets go and pulls his hand away. Just relax. All I'm saying is we really need to just stop and take inventory of the situation so we don't go messing up possible evidence and shit that the police could use to solve whatever happened out here. Jerry rolls his eyes. You know what, G.I. Jane? You just go ahead and do whatever the fuck you want to do because what I'm going to do is check this shit out and see what's what. Jerry looks at the others. Anyone else want to come along? Or y'all just going to sit back there with your dicks in your hand and listen to Private Benjamin here tell you what you can and can't do? 
Jerry looks at Steve, DJ, and Tom, who all remain silent and try to avoid eye contact with him. Wow, you've got to be kidding me right now. Not one of you has the nuts to come with me. Jerry holds his hands up. Whatever, y'all can just suck each other off for all I care. Jerry looks at Mark. Oh, and good luck calling the cops, since getting a signal out here is impossible. Mark reaches into his pocket and pulls out his phone that has no service, as Jerry, with his rifle raised, turns around and walks toward the cabin. Jerry slowly and carefully walks up to the helicopter, stepping on glass, surveying the bullet-riddled body hanging from it. It's a safe bet your sorry ass won't be flying anymore. Jerry takes the tip of his rifle and pushes it against the body, which causes it to all of a sudden fall out of the helicopter onto the ground. Shit! Jerry jumps back, then quickly scans the area with the rifle, but finds nothing. He steps over the body and leans into the helicopter, checking it out, then continues on toward the cabin. Jerry walks up to the front of the cabin and finds a man dressed in a dirty white T-shirt and jeans with a single bullet hole in his head, crumpled at the base of the stairs that lead to the front door. Again, Jerry uses his rifle to poke the body, but nothing happens. Then he carefully steps over the body and walks up the creaking steps toward the front door, when all of a sudden he is startled by a noise behind him causing him to spin around with his rifle raised, finding Tom standing there. Holy fuck, Jerry! Don't shoot! It's just fucking me! Dude! Jerry takes a deep breath as he lowers his rifle. The hell is wrong with you, dipshit? You have no idea how close you came to getting around to the face, you jackass! Tom reaches around grabbing the back of his pants. Well, if it's any consolation to you, I'm pretty sure I just shit myself. Jerry lowers his rifle all the way as the others make their way toward the cabin, as Tom looks down at the body. Oh, man. Is that guy dead, too? Well, judging from the large fucking hole in his head, I would say yes. Now just stay behind me and keep your mouth shut. Jerry looks over at the others approaching, then back at Tom. Tell those pussies as well. Jerry turns back to the front door, raising his rifle. The door to the cabin slowly opens as Jerry's rifle emerges from the outside, followed by him. Hello? Anybody in here? Jerry, not getting any answers, slowly pushes the door all the way open and looks into the cabin with horror. Holy shit! Jerry stares at the blood-covered walls, then at another man in a suit and expensive footwear, with half of his face blown off, leaning against the wall by the door, holding onto a chrome handgun. A man wearing jeans and a Leonard Skinner concert t-shirt lies face down on the floor with several bullet holes in his back. Underneath him are a collection of smeared beakers and test tubes mixed with a pool of his blood. A ragged couch with an old orange blanket on it sits in the middle of the room, covered in blood spatter across from the two long tables that sit side by side, taking up the length of the entire wall. They are covered in all kinds of scientific equipment and busted glass. There is a large vent system that has been installed in the roof right above the tables. Jerry walks over toward the tables as Tom sticks his head in. Hey, Jerry, man, is everything cool or what? Jerry looks back at Tom and just nods yes, then continues toward the tables as Tom steps in. What the fuck? It looks like all hell broke loose in here. There's fucking blood everywhere. Tom looks down at the dead body by the door, then back at Jerry. What do you think happened? 
Jerry looks down at the table, finding several trays of crystal meth yet to be broken up. These fuckers had themselves a little meth cooking operation going on. Jerry looks around at all the carnage, then back at Tom. What we have here is just your good old-fashioned drug deal gone bad. DJ walks in, pushing past Tom. You say something about crystal meth? How do you know? Jerry puts the tip of his rifle against the tray of crystal meth. I've watched enough Discovery Channel to know what the fuck meth looks like. Jerry points at the guy in the Leonard Skinner t-shirt. The guys dressed like hippies and shit are the cooks, and those fancy fucks are the buyers. Mark and Steve walk in and look at the bodies. There is so much blood. Mark looks over everything, then at the others. I was right. We shouldn't be in here. DJ notices a briefcase under the table. What's that? What? DJ points under the table, then Jerry walks over and reaches under, dragging out the briefcase. This could be interesting. Jerry places the briefcase on the back of the couch, then pops it open and stands in shock at the sight of nothing but hundred-dollar bills. Holy shit! I believe Christmas just came early, boys! This son of a bitch is filled with nothing but hundreds! Jerry reaches down and pulls out a handful of money and holds it up. If I had to take a stab in the dark here, I'd say we were sitting on a cool million dollars at least. Tom walks over to the briefcase and looks down at all the money in amazement. Oh my god. That is a lot of fucking money. DJ walks up and runs his hand over the top of all the money. You ain't kidding. We're rich. Whoa. Everybody needs to just slow down. That is obviously a lot of money. I know you guys won't like this, but we need to go back into town and get the police up here right now. Jerry, glaring at Mark, tosses the money back in the briefcase. Now why in the fuck would we want to do something as stupid as that? Correct me if I'm wrong here, but if our dumbasses go and get the cops involved, then we can pretty much kiss all this free money goodbye. Well, I hate to break the news to you, Jerry, but there's nothing free about that money. It is drug money. It's dirty. People are literally dead because of it. Jerry throws his hand up in frustration as he quickly looks at everybody, then back at Mark. You gotta be shitting me, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. Clean, dirty, who gives a flying fuck because it all spends the same? You can stand there and rationalize this thing a hundred different ways if you want, but I'm sorry to say you are not taking that money. Nobody is. Steve looks at Jerry. Mark's right, Jerry. We can't take it. Hell, it's a nice fantasy, but it just can't happen. Jerry shakes his head in disgust. This is unfucking believable We have a chance to change our lives for the better with money nobody's going to miss, and you want to let it all slip away. Come on, man, use your fucking noodle. This is literally life-changing cash. It's called doing the right thing, asshole. Jerry points his finger at Mark. You can go fuck yourself on the righteous horse you rode in on, you little prick. Jerry turns to Tom. Hey, Tom, what was it you told your daughter when she asked if she could go to college last year instead of to be a veterinarian? Something she has dreamed about ever since she was just a tiny little thing. Tom looks at the others, then at Jerry. Oh, I just had to tell her, look, darling, we can't afford it. I mean, there's nothing I could do. Jerry looks at DJ. What about you, DJ? 
Last I heard, you were up to your fucking neck and medical bills since your wife's surgery, are you not? DJ just nods yes, then Jerry looks over at Steve. How long you been bitching that you need a new car? I've heard you say on countless occasions that old piece of shit you have is costing you a fortune in repair bills. Steve just looks down at the ground as Jerry grabs some money and holds it out. We've just hit the fucking jackpot. This shit right here can fix all our troubles basically overnight. I'm talking no more worries. I guarantee that if we don't take this and use it, somebody else will. I understand that taking the money is tempting. That it could change things for the better for everybody here. But it's just not right. That amount of money will actually end up causing more issues if we take it. I'm going to the police. Sorry, Slick, but I don't think you'll be doing that. And why is that? Pretty fucking simple, actually, because you won't be walking out of here alive. Jerry, all of a sudden, raises his rifle, aiming it at Mark's head, which causes Steve to quickly raise his rifle and aim it at Jerry. What the fuck is wrong with you, Jerry? You better put that gun down right now. DJ, nervous, steps back. Uh, okay, all right now. Everybody just needs to relax. Things are getting pretty out of control here. They wouldn't be the one for Little Limp Dick over there. Stop aiming that gun at my brother, asshole. Mark looks over at Steve, then looks back at Jerry. Don't worry, Steve. He doesn't have the balls to pull the trigger. He's just a punk bitch that just likes to act all tough and push everybody around. Isn't that right, Jerry? Jerry cracks his neck as he puts his finger on the trigger. I will have no issue pulling this fucking trigger and sending around right through your fucking chest. Steve looks over at DJ and Tom. What is wrong with you guys? Can't you see he's lost it? He's going to bring you down with him. DJ suddenly raises his rifle and aims it at Jerry. Believe me when I say that this money would make a world of difference for me and my wife. But unfortunately, Mark and Steve are right. We can't just take it. Jerry gives DJ a menacing look. Not really what I expected from you, DJ, especially after everything I've done for you over the last couple years. Can't believe this is how you're going to pay me back, you miserable little cocksucker. I'm sorry, but this is just too big a deal. Jerry looks at Tom. What about you, Tom? Think of all the things this money could do for you, buddy. Not only would it put your daughter through college, you could move out of that white trash trailer park and into an actual house. Don't listen to him, Tom. This money will only cause you more trouble. Tom looks at Steve, then back at Jerry. Oh, fuck me, man. I have no fucking idea what to do. Yes, you do. You want to do the right thing. Think about your age, Tom. Do you really think you can turn a wrench on the railroad until you fucking retire? With this money, you can quit the railroad right now and go live on a fucking beach if you want, never touching a wrench again or having somebody tell you what to do. I'm sorry. You stoop! Tom puts the barrel of his rifle up against DJ's head as DJ looks at Tom dumbfounded. Jesus Christ, Tom! What the fuck are you doing? Hmm, I'm thinking... It's not gonna matter if my sights are bent on this shot. Tom looks at Jerry. Hey, Jerry, you thinking 50-50 split? Jerry smiles. That certainly works for me. <laughs> Why don't you just put that gun down and fight me like a man? 
and stop hiding behind that fucking rifle. You have no idea how badly I would love to pound the shit out of your face. But with the amount of money we're talking about here, I'm not taking any chances. Tom looks down at the money, then at Jerry. Tom, unfocused, accidentally squeezes the trigger, blowing a hole through DJ's head and scattering his brains across the room. Tom, covered in blood, stands horrified. What the fuck did you just do? Mark jerks his knife out and charges at Jerry. Jerry raises his arm in defense of the knife as Mark plunges it through his forearm. Then the two struggle. Steve desperately moves back and forth trying to get a shot on Jerry, but isn't able. Jerry is able to shove Mark back, then bring his rifle up and fires him, hitting Mark in the side. Mark staggers back. Shoot him, Steve! Jerry quickly fires again, hitting Mark in the leg this time. You son of a bitch! Steve fires, hitting Jerry in the shoulder, causing him to drop his rifle. As Steve looks at Mark, who staggers out of the cabin, leaving a trail of blood. Mark! Steve gets no reply. Hey, asshole! Steve turns back, finding Tom aiming at him. Tom, please don't do- Tom squeezes the trigger, but his rifle jams. Shit! Steve raises his rifle at Tom. In a panic, tosses his rifle on the ground and picks up one of the drug dealer's shotguns. I don't think so. Steve fires, hitting Tom in the stomach, causing him to scream out in pain as he falls backward onto the couch, fumbling with the shotgun that slams into his chest and goes off. Tom's head splinters into dozens of tiny little pieces that are pushed along into the air by the eruption of blood from where his head once was. Tom's headless body slowly crumples forward and falls off the couch onto the floor as Jerry, with the knife still in his arm, picks up his rifle. Steve realizes he is empty and frantically tries to reload. Guess your fucking luck has run out on you, amigo. Jerry takes careful aim and sends a bullet right ah! through the center of Steve's chest. Steve drops his rifle and falls to his knees, desperately clutching at his chest that oozes out blood through his fingers as Jerry looks at Tom's body. Tom was always such a fucking idiot. He always had a habit of losing his head. Jerry grabs the handle of the knife and jerks it out of his arm as he looks back at Steve, who is on his knees gasping for air. Jerry walks over to Steve, who tries to speak, but can only produce a thick, gurgling sound followed by spats of blood. Just so you know, I plan on tracking down your brother and making that little piece of shit suffer like you wouldn't believe. Steve looks up at Jerry with rage. What's the problem? You don't like that idea? Too bad. Jerry looks back at the bodies and the money, then at his bloody shoulder and arm, then back at Steve. I'd love to stay in chat, but before I can take that money, I need to tie up all these loose ends. You being one of them. Jerry places the blade of the knife against Steve's throat and slowly drags it across, opening a long gash that releases a waterfall of blood. Steve slumps over as Jerry walks to the front door and carefully looks out. Where'd you go, motherfucker? You can run, but you can't hide. Mark, laboring to breathe and in pain, leans against a tree as he reaches down and checks his bloody leg. <sighs> That's bad. Mark pulls his shirt up and studies the bullet hole in his side that spews blood. Oh, ah. oh, that's worse. Mark pulls his shirt back down as he hits the back of his head against the tree in frustration. A branch snapping in the distance is heard. Where you at, some bitch? You might as well have just left fucking breadcrumbs, dipshit. I just need to follow this here little blood trail. Mark scans the ground, 
finding a thick, busted tree branch the size of a baseball bat, and picks it up, then stands motionless with his back against the tree. Gripping the branches, Jerry's footsteps can be heard getting closer. I will admit I am impressed how damn far you've gotten. The barrel of Jerry's gun slowly appears as Mark waits several seconds, then swings the branch like a hitter, looking to hit a home run, smashing Jerry in the face, busting his nose. Jerry's eyes instantly water up as blood streams from his nose as Mark jumps out and slams the branch down on Jerry's arm, knocking the rifle free, then scrambles to pick it up. Not so fast, cocksucker! Jerry grabs Mark by the back of his head and swings him against the tree and watches him collapse to the ground. Nice try. Jerry uses his sleeve to wipe away the blood on his face, then picks up the rifle, then steps and stands right over Mark, who struggles to stay conscious. Look at the little toy soldier now, all busted up and shit, looking like a little bitch. Jerry takes the rifle and puts the barrel against Mark's head. I bled your brother out like a fucking... Hog. You're never going to get away with this. They'll hang your sorry ass. <laughs> as much as you want that to happen, it just won't. Want to know why? Mark just stares at Jerry. The story I'll be telling the police, as well as the papers, I'm sure is that we were out here on a friendly hunting trip that went quickly sideways when we stumbled upon a meth lab where a drug deal gone bad went down. I'll have to go tell them how we all wanted to go to the police, but you wanted the money and refused. Before any of us could do anything, you went wild and went on a killing spree. I'm sure they'll chalk up your staff into PTSD or some shit like that. I'll say I tried to stop you, but you drove your knife through my arm. Jerry looks into Mark's eyes. After a struggle, I was able to fire off a couple rounds hitting you. However, one of the rounds hit one of those vials with a flammable chemical in it and caused a fire that burned the cabin right to the ground with everything in it. (laughs) Well, everything except the money, of course. You're insane! Jerry takes a step back tosses the rifle into the bushes. What was that you told me earlier? Why don't I fight you like a man? Well, here's your chance. Jerry pulls the knife out, sticking it in the ground, and takes another step back. Hell, I'll even give you a chance to grab the knife if you think you're fast enough. Mark looks at the knife, then at Jerry. What are you waiting for? Mark springs forward, grabbing hold of the knife, but Jerry kicks him in the face, knocking out several teeth as he drops the knife. Mark lands on his back, spitting up blood as Jerry walks through the bushes, searching for the rifle. Uncle Sam sure pissed away money on your training. I bet you... Suddenly, the jaws of the bear trap spring up and slam against Jerry's leg, burying the razor-sharp teeth all the way to the bone. Jerry howls out in pain as he falls to the ground, frantically grabbing hold of the trap, desperately trying to pull the teeth apart, but only slices up his fingers as the locking mechanism prevents it from opening. Son of a bitch! Jerry pulls on the trap again, but gets the same result as he looks at his bloody, sliced-up fingers. Fuck! Jerry searches his pocket. Come on! Where the fuck are they? 
Jerry digs through his pockets, but stops when he hears laughter, causing him to look up to find Mark sitting against a tree, tossing a set of keys up and down in his hand. You looking for these? Jerry's eyes light up. Thank God. You're a lifesaver. Jerry sticks his hand out. Toss them over. Mark stops tossing the keys and just holds them. What are you doing? Give them over. What was that you said earlier today? If an animal's stupid enough to step into the trap, then it deserves to die a slow and painful death. What? Jerry, furious, lunges for Mark, but the chain attached to the tree stops him. Oh, that is such a good thing you went and attached that chain. Mark struggles to his feet as Jerry pulls on the chain, causing more blood to pour out of his leg. Okay, I'm sorry I was going to kill you, my bad. I'll be more than happy to put the money with you. I've already told you. I have no desire to take any of that money. They don't take any, but you can't let me die like this. I'm pretty sure I can. Mark stands up, but staggers around until he grabs hold of a tree. Fuck you, then. Mark turns back to Jerry. It's funny. What money can do to people. Isn't it? Mark takes a deep breath then takes several steps before falling over dead. Huh? That's what you get! Jerry notices the keys by Mark's hand. I can get those. Jerry looks around, finding a branch which he grabs and uses to try and get the keys. Come on. Jerry tries several more times when finally he is able to hook the keys. Yes, I got them. Jerry hears something moving in the bushes. Hello? Jerry stares in shock at a large grizzly bear stepping out of the bushes. You have got to be fucking kidding me. Jerry searches for his rifle, but the bear suddenly springs forward and proceeds to tear him apart with its massive claws. This concludes The Twisted Tale, The Hunting Trip. Remember to keep those ears open for upcoming episodes of Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents wherever podcasts are found.